Hello and welcome to the Knit British podcast. Knit British supports wool that's been grown, spun or dyed in the UK and I'm your host Louise Scully. On today's episode I have news of a brand new online British wool haven, some news and hap chat. So grab a drink, grab your whip and let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 29. A special hello if you are joining the podcast for the first time today. It's lovely to have you join me just as it is returning listeners. It's fantastic to have you listening to the Knit British podcast and hopefully you'll like what you hear and stick around. I first have an apology to make. Uh, there will be an omission from this week's episode, which I did. Well, I'm not sure if I promised, but I hoped to bring you this week, um, which I mentioned last time. And that is the interview at Jimison's of Shetland. I've decided to give this its own episode. And so I will be bringing you that next week, mostly because... I was in Glasgow for the bank holiday weekend on a little jolly and I haven't done any editing of that particular episode but I'm quite sure that you'll enjoy it on its own little Knit British podcast platform stage and have its own episode so that will be next week and I do promise to bring you that next week. How was your bank holiday? I hope you had lovely weather. Uh, wherever you were, we were in Glasgow, as I mentioned, and it was just for a couple of nights, and the weather was quite lovely until <laughs> until the last day, uh, where it rained considerably, and I actually had to purchase new socks because my feet got wet. <laughs> Despite that, though, it was a it was a good trip. We we uh, saw a concert and we also got a little culture in. We visited the Gallery of Modern Art and and we saw uh, the Document in Scotland photographic exhibition uh, at the Trongate. And we also visited the Riverside Museum, which neither of us had been to before, and it was cracking. That is a cracking museum, the Riverside Museum. If you get the chance to go, go, because you, need, you really need to spend the whole day there. There is a street recreated with uh, Italian ice cream shop and an Edwardian photographer studio and horse and cart. And of course, it's all about transport. So there are cars and bikes and trains and buses and trams and (laughs) you name it. It is a really, really great, great museum. And at the Gallery of Modern Art, uh, we saw the Alistair Gray exhibition or rather um, the Spheres of Influence exhibition uh, works that have inspired Alistair Gray and that was that was fantastic that was really good uh, really enjoyed really enjoyed all that and of course ate well and enjoyed ourselves that way too so so that was our bank holiday weekend uh, but no holiday on Monday here in Shetland uh, so it was right back to work sorry there's a plane going overhead at the moment uh, that sounds like one of the Shetland inter-island flights probably going to Fula or uh, back to the airfield at Tingwall. Um, yes, yeah, so so whether you 
got to enjoy the full weekend or not. I hope you had some knitting time and some did manage to enjoy the nice weather because I do believe that um, some of you had had some nice weather. And of course, one of the things that happened at the weekend was I turned on the TV in the morning and there was the outside of the Lindo Wing <laughs> uh, that uh, the Duchess of Cambridge had gone into labour and I groaned and I thought, oh no, please don't let this be Royal Hospital exterior watch all over again. But good on her, little Princess Charlotte made her appearance quite quickly and it was so funny on Twitter watching people get ready to see what woolen items the little princess might be wrapped in. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, all I can say is it was a really refreshing break from the general election coverage or over coverage. But very nice to see the happy couple stand outside with their baby and uh, little Prince George. So that that was, it was nice. It wasn't quite the protracted waiting of, of last, <laughs> the last time. Anyway, royals flung firmly to one side, along with any general election nonsense. Get your cuppa, get settled in. And let's have a little look at what's been happening in Knit British Land this episode. Have you heard that there's going to be a brand new yarn shop on the web very soon? And it is one that Knit British listeners are going to love. Brit Yarn is that very shop and it is run by the lovely Isla Davison, who some of you may have known on Twitter as Isla of Axholm. On the 2nd of June, she opens the doors on what promises to be a unique online wool shop and Brit Yarn is utterly committed to not only selling British wool but ensuring that all products in the shop from packaging to every aspect of our business is British. And what could be more wonderful or reassuring to know that the products you buy from Brit Yarn are supporting uh, British wool, British suppliers and British businesses. Brit Yarn are going to be stocking Jimison Smith, Blacker Yarns, Eden Cottage Yarns, Wentleydale Longwell Sheep Shop, of which I am a huge fan, uh, Knitting Goddess, and a very special range from Dyer Nick from Yarns from the Plain, based on British landmarks. I am utterly thrilled for Isla and Brit Yarn. I really am. I think we need more local yarn shops, whether bricks and mortar or online, showing how much they care about provenance and supporting local businesses and suppliers. And I think Isla is definitely going to lead that charge. I, I'm, I'm so excited. I've, I've known about this for quite some time now and it's an absolutely fantastic idea and I can't think of a nicer and better person to to go forth with, with this concept. And, and the best bit about it is that Isla has created a set of woolly principles that Brit Yarn is bound by to show you how thoroughly committed she is to sourcing and stocking British products. And I sh shall read. Brit Yarn sources and stocks only yarns and products which strictly adhere to the woolly principles. Brit Yarn is committed to seeking out and sharing with customers the provenance of all yarns carried, enabling informed decisions and supporting local. 
First and foremost, Brit Yarn must love it if we're going to stock it. We believe in using materials and patterns that we love to create beautiful long-lasting items. Brit Yarn embraces provenance. It is hugely important to us to know as far as possible the origins of our products and share these with our customers. Brit Yarn will clearly outline where the wool was spun and dyed. Some wool may be spun or dyed outside of Britain and if it is, we will tell you. It's all about being able to trace the journey of the product and make informed choices. Brit Yarn's definition of British includes British overseas territories, uh, for example, the Falkland Islands. Uh, Brit Yarn celebrates the British wool industry. Wool content in a yarn must be 100% British grown. Any natural fibres where present in a blend, example linen, will comprise a maximum of 50% of the total content. Synthetic material where present in a blend, example nylon, will comprise a maximum of 25% of the total content. And finally, Brit Yarn supports British businesses. Wool patterns and accessories, as well as business support, will be sourced exclusively from British suppliers. We believe in shopping local and helping to sustain British businesses. Ah! It's, <laughs> it's so exciting. Isla has been blogging already, and the shop opens on the 2nd of June, as I said, and the web address you're going to want to have favourited is www brityarn.co.uk and she's also on Twitter and Instagram as at brityarn and there's already a Ravelry group and I know that you you're going to be as excited as I am about this and sending our many many congratulations to Isla and her Brityarn adventure you can bet that you're going to hear more about it right here on Knit British too you can just bet I think you know, I've been saying this for, 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 well, for as long as I've been doing doing Knit British. Provenance is so important. Right now, that it, and for the last few years, there's been such an emphasis on um, food miles. And people are far more conscious about looking at where their food is coming from and thinking, do I want to buy tatties that have come from Cyprus or do I want to buy tatties that have come from Scotland or somewhere in the UK? And why aren't we thinking about that? more when it comes to the wool that we knit with. The whole reason that I started doing Knit British was that I just discovered that I was knitting with a yarn that was produced in a farm less than a mile from my back door. And once you start thinking that way, it's quite an eye-opener and it's an amazing to find out what a woolly resource uh, and a wealth of resource we have on our doorsteps. And so the fact that Isla has come along now and is opening up a shop and taking herself on a journey and taking her uh, readers and customers on this journey is fantastic. It's so fantastic and it's so important. And so I do know that you, you will be as excited as I am about Brit Yarn. And um, I do hope that you uh, visit Isla's shop and and... There's always something to learn. There's always something to learn. And I think that that Brit Yarn is going to be a fantastic eye-opener for so many wool lovers out there. And you never know, you might find your new favourite British yarn or British breed wool or British designer because Isla is also going to be selling patterns. And of course, these are going to be from British-based designers. So can't wait for those shop doors to open and I wish you again lots of luck Isla.
Now, also newsworthy is something that I got an email about this week. Uh, currently, I am knitting with some yarn from Yarn Stories, which I've mentioned Yarn Stories before. And I'm going to be doing a review and, and actually an interview as well coming up in a few weeks. But I thought that I would share this related piece of news with you because it's, it's for those of you who like to design, this is, this is going to be of interest to you. Because Yarn Stories are hosting a design competition, which they are running in conjunction with the Knitting and Crochet Guild. The Knitting and Crochet Guild have an amazing archive that is full of patterns and samples. And the archive is something that Yarn Stories believe is very, very valuable. And they've been inspired to create a new design competition by this archive, which goes back to the 1830s, some of the samples and patterns. There is a Pinterest board of inspiration images and Yarn Stories are challenging you to design a 15 centimetre double knit weight square inspired by the collection. It's open now and it closes on the 5th of June and 10 finalists will be chosen, after which it's up to you knitters and crocheters to select the winner and finalists. And there are prizes, there's a cash prize for the winner of £100 and the finalists will also receive uh, Yarny prizes. Uh, so anybody who's interested in dabbling in design or um, perhaps just seeing where that the inspiration from the Pinterest boards might take you, then why not join in with the Yarn Stories design competition in conjunction with the Knitters and Crochets Guild. You can find out all the information at www.yarnstories.com and remember that the closing date for getting your final patterns in is the 5th of June and the winner I believe will be announced uh, in mid-September. Those of you who listen to the podcast and read the blog will remember that last year I went to Dingwall to the Highland Woolfest. And contrary to what I believed, it is actually happening again this year. There hasn't been so much promotion of the event, I would say, this year. And and so is happening this year. I didn't think it was happening, hence why I am actually not going to be there. Because there wasn't any promotion, there was no chat in the Ravelry group. And I was a wee bit disappointed because I thought it wasn't happening. I'm even more disappointed because it is happening and now I can't go. Um, but for those of you who can go, it's happening on Saturday the 23rd of May at the Highland Mart in Dingwall. And there will be, uh, as last year, a lot of vendors, although there is no list currently available. But I do know that Helen from Ripples Crafts is going to be there and I know that Louise and George from Yarn Garden are going to be there. Those are two vendors that I do know. Uh, if you're looking for information, possibly the best way to do that is via Facebook. Now, I don't have Facebook, but the Highland Wool Fest is on there. They also have a website, which is www.highlandwoolfestival.co.uk. As I say, there's not really a lot of information on there as to who will be exhibiting but there will be a lot of yarn and there will be some crafts people doing some demonstrations unfortunately there will be no workshops because they've decided to cancel them due to a low uptake so that's a shame and shame for anybody who's hoping to take part in in a, a workshop and those who are teaching them i 
do hope that if you're planning to go, you you have a fantastic time because last year was great. It was a great venue and they could have had actually twice as many vendors. Uh, but for a first event, it was it was really good, and um, and I I wish them success this year. Although as I say, it's it's disappointing that there hasn't been. Um, I haven't heard about it in crafty communities online or elsewhere and. Last year, myself and Louise from Caithness Craft went to the event, and so we'd been talking about it for for quite a while. And again, I'm not sure about Louise, but because I haven't heard about it, I didn't think it was happening, and therefore I haven't mentioned it until now. So I do apologise about that if you were thinking to go and, and, like me, thought that it wasn't happening. But it is happening. It's at the Dingwall Mart on Saturday the 23rd of uh, May, and do if you're in the vicinity and you can make it do go and support the exhibitors and i i'm quite sure that there will be a smorgasbord of great exhibitors like there was last year here's why because i'm happy Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof because i'm happy Clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth Well, it is official now. The Hap Along has become a real happy and popular cow. At the moment, just from looking at the moment, we've got 312 projects and over 3,000 posts in the Hap Chat thread. And just so many of you are charmed by the hap and it makes me so, so happy. <laughs> so happy. Um, pardon the pun. I realised last time that I forgot to tell you about my hap and I just sort of got carried away in the moment uh, uh, and, the, and the excitement of talking about other people's haps. I'm knitting Hansel by Gudrun Johnson and I'm knitting the full-size square hap. I'm using natural dye studio yarn and instead of uh, creating my border, my my um, old chill border colours, instead of using piping stripes of colour to break up the colour sections, I'm planning on knitting a larger colour sections using four colours which all sort of flow into one another, uh, sort of kind of uh, ombre kind of effect I guess. Uh, I've got a white in the centre which actually, once it's knit up, it's actually quite creamy and it doesn't quite flow as nicely into this very pale lilac grey that's my next colour. So I f went stash diving and I found some Norfolk Horn uh, natural colour that my woolly mucker Felix Ford sent to me and so I'm gonna I'm gonna use that then I have a pale lilac grey and I have a grey and purple I am still decreasing that central square but I only have about 50 stitches to decrease down to one and then I can pick up the the edge yarn overs and get my lace section uh, on my lace border on the go. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to knit the little peak lace edge in, uh, final lace edge in. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to do that. I think I might leave it casting off with the old shale. I have seen this done uh, quite often and even Gudrun herself says in the pattern, you don't, you know, you, if you want to 
leave off the final ed- lace edging you can. Uh, Ella Garden, who works at Jimson and Smith, she's just blogged about her Hansel, uh, which is knit, of course, Jimson and Smith Shetland wool. And she hasn't knit the final lace border on it, and it actually looks it looks fantastic it really and really, really wearable. And um, what I like most about it is that she's got FC38 in there, which is probably my favourite, favourite Jimison Smith two-ply Shetland jumper weight colour, <laughs> which is a lovely uh, rusty orangey colour. It's fantastic. Still a piece off finishing that, but I do love how many happers are finished and now onto their second and third or are actually multi-happing. As, or somebody somebody said poly happening and while I was in Glasgow at the weekend I cast on another one <laughs> this was really because I didn't want to, to take the square with me now which is quite big because it's taken about 180 well no I'm on my I'm on my second skein 100 gram skein so I thought rather than take that with me I'll just cast on something else I really just needed a simple project to knit on while we were at a concert a long a quite long concert and so I cast on in yarn pony merino in sycamore which uh, yarn pony is the the name of Mika from Edinburgh yarn festival uh, when she had her own hand eye um, business and I bought this from be inspired fibers in Edinburgh Ages ago, uh, Be Inspired Fibres is one of the Edinburgh local yarn shops who are taking part in the Indiebury Yarn Crawl, of course. I don't think she stocks Yarn Pony. It was I bought it at a at a trunk show just in case you all go running to Be Inspired Fibres in Edinburgh and say Louise says you can get Yarn Pony yarn here. I don't think there is any more Yarn Pony yarn to be had, so therefore this I, I look at this as quite a special yarn because uh, Mika doesn't die anymore it's a special yarn um, and I, I was like I just cast on one stitch and I've been increasing and it'll probably be an Estlite or a Simmer Dim or something similarly from Gudrun Johnson but now that I'm not traveling anymore and I don't need a small project it's gone to one side so I can concentrate on the Hansel um, and I'll put it down and leave it until my Hansel is finished as I say, the amount of work that is going on in the Knit British hap chat thread just makes me smile. And I went away, <laughs> I went away at the weekend, there was 2,000 and something uh, uh, posts, and now there's 3,000 and something, it's just fantastic. And I can't tell you how happy it makes me that the Shetland hap which was a very practical, everyday kind of garment uh, made at one point from the roughest wool just to keep the knitter warm while she worked. Uh, not any kind of yarn that was used to make a shawl that you would sell. Not not, not originally. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> so, so happy. I am a bit of an ethnologist at heart and I... I love to see that the hap is is getting a bit of a resurgence and it's it's really going so fantastically well and people have just run with it and we are going to have another hap along hangout which i mentioned last time and it's going to be on sunday the 10th of may and it's going to be on twitter and instagram from 7 p.m. till 9 p.m. and if you use the hashtag Hap along hangout or hap along, then you'll be able to follow the hashtags and see what everyone else is posting and 
chatting about. And don't forget to use the hashtags so we can all keep the chat together. That would be lovely. And if you don't like Twitter or Instagram or you're not on Twitter or Instagram, the Hap Chat thread, of course, is always open and there was lots of activity in there the last time we did um, the Hangout. So I did have a question from somebody in the group saying, did they need to be on Twitter or Instagram to be able to take part? And I don't mean you to go out and sign up to Twitter and Instagram if that's not what you want to do and some people really don't like Twitter and Instagram probably at the same level as I really don't like Facebook so that's fine we've got the Ravelry thread as well and everyone knows where that is the idea of the Hapalong hangout is that we are all happing together and given that sort of moment a bit of a limelight really and and shine it on us all who, who are taking part. I mean, for all the chat that's going on in the HAP chat thread in the Knit British group on Ravelry, I know for a fact that some people are only using Twitter and Instagram to chat and they're not chat they're not chatting about the HAP progress at all in the Ravelry group. So this is just a nice big spotlight on Sunday the 10th of May from 7pm till 9pm GMT. If you're on, on Twitter, Instagram and if you're in Ravelry, then let's use that time to, um, as I say, throw that spotlight on, on what we're doing and maybe we'll get more people interested in, in knitting haps and that'd be lovely. So that would this would be fantastic to see you. Uh, and as I say, if you don't, no need to sign up to Twitter and Instagram if that's not your thing, you know that you can chat in the Ravelry thread and... I'm really looking forward to it, looking forward to um, seeing the progress and I think what I will do is if you use the hashtag #HappyLongHangout, and you post any pictures, I will maybe use some of those pictures in forthcoming Hapalong gallery on the blog which I did uh, last week and I think I'll do that again. So if, if you're taking part in the Hapalong Hangout and you use that... Um, that hashtag, I may use your picture in an upcoming post. Now, make it fit might be a sentence you would have heard me mention probably back in January. And this is a, is a phrase that came out of a hashtag invented by the fantabulous Joe Millmine Shiny Bees. And it came out of a Twitter conversation between herself, Carrie Westerman, Leona from Fluff and myself, uh, where we were talking about how important and how empowering it is to knit to fit. And it sort of arose out of, I think, Joe's lush from the lush car that we did last year that once she finished it she realized that it was a good size too big and the fantastic leona from fluff also uh, realized that she had knitted the cardigan to the proportions that she thought she was rather than the measurements that she was and we started talking about how it would be really good to do something join up about that and so we've talked about it joe and i for quite some time now and talked about how we wanted to do it, talked about how we really wanted to do it and then reined in a little bit <laughs> because, as you know, Joe and I are really good enablers to our listeners and we are really good enablers to one another. So we reined in a bit and we thought, well, what, what can we do? And what we would like to do is curate 
some posts and content on the topic of making your knits fit. Now, that sounds very, very blase and very, yeah, we're going to do this thing. Uh, what the aim of Make It Fit is, is to empower knitters, to arm them with the skills and the knowledge to knit a sweater or a garment that fits to your measurements. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I knit a sweater, I panic. And I think, okay, well, I know my chest size is X, but there are other measurements to take into consideration. And I know for a fact that a lot of people who listen to the Knit British podcast have avoided knitting sweaters for themselves because things like measurements, what to measure, where to measure, words like ease, shaping, modification, fill them with dread. Knitting a sweater for a baby or child, no problem. Knitting a sweater or a garment for a friend who we know their dress size and we don't have to worry about what it'll fit on them. We just (laughs) have knitted them a garment and hopefully they'll love it and wear it and not say if it fits or not. That's fine, but knitting something for ourselves to fit, there can be quite a lot of, of hurdles and quite a lot of things to consider And when you consider that one third of the British population is wearing the wrong size in clothes, that adds another dimension to it as well. What we want to do is is sort of curate these posts that tackle all the different areas of making a garment to fit. So we'll have some posts on measuring up. We'll have some posts on... Uh, Once you know your measurements, laying the groundwork, knit intention squares, that's another thing that fills people with dread, and how knitted fabric plays a part. Of course, we'll look at things like shaping and ease and uh, modifying your knits to fit. And hands up, both hands up here, because while myself and Miss Bees are fantastic individuals and uh, dazzling delights to be around, we are not... We're not experts on this. We do not claim to be experts on this. And we are certainly not the make it fit police. What we are are two people who would like to learn this stuff too. Because, you know, I'll put my hands up and say that gauge and the knitting maths are not my strong point. But that is what make it fit is all about. It's about researching these things and bringing the kind of content that any knitter at any stage of their knitting lifestyle would be able to use and find these posts informative and helpful and empowering. You might be the best lace knitter, you might be fantastic at brioche, you might be a whiz at Fair Isle but you've never knitted a sweater, you might be someone who is just approaching knitting for the first time. This information is still going to be invaluable to you. We hope, we hope. We will release information soon. We'll be we'll be opening up Make It Fit discussion threads in our groups because, of course, we are all the contributors. You have stories too. You have experiences uh, of knitting things to fit and your experiences matter and, and will matter to the content that we generate. So if you've got a story, if you've got a post that you think 
should be covered, if you've got a topic that you think we need to investigate, then you will be able to start discussing that in the threads when they open. They're not open yet, but we do have an email address, which is makeitfit2015 at gmail.com. So that's makeitfit2015, all one word, at gmail.com. And if you have any suggestions, any tips, any horror stories, any success stories, then we want to hear about them. We, we really do want to hear about them. And, you know, if you want to write a post for Make It Fit, we're really up for that too. Hopefully by the end of the Make It Fit series of posts, we'll all be armed with new skills and tools to make garments to fit our bodies and no one else's. And isn't that kind of cool? <laughs> it's bloody cool. There's going to be a lot more to come on this. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative. We will have a mailing list subscriber link that we will post when the Ravelry groups open. Until then, until there's more information, keep in touch via that email address that I gave you, makeitfit2015 at gmail.com. And I hope that you are as excited about this as Joe and I are because it is something that we feel strongly about. And while there are fantastic books and people have done fantastic work on, on, on making your items fit, making sweaters fit, knit fit and flatter, it's not a new concept. We are very aware of that and we certainly are not aiming to <laughs> tread on any toes or usurp or say our information is the best, or anything like that. It's something that we both feel strongly about, and I always say that, that knitting is a constant learning curve, and, and through learning you become empowered, and what can be better than more knitters becoming empowered? I can't think of anything better. There's nothing better. There is nothing better than being able to knit an item that fits your body. It doesn't have to cling to your curves or anything like that. That's not what we necessarily mean by knitting to fit. But knitting an item that is made to your dimensions, that is a powerful thing. That is a powerful thing. And no one, no one else will have a garment that fits like that in their wardrobe. So... I think it can only be a good thing and I hope you do too and there will be more information to come so watch this space and watch that space over at shinybees.com and if it's something that you think you would be interested in contributing to or just signing up to then get in touch and let this be the year of making it fit. I want to say thank you to those of you who have got in touch to say how much they're enjoying learning about what is local to our non-British listeners and how informative their uh, messages have been. I want to read out a message from Laura Sue, who is an active member of the Knit British Ravelry Group. Uh, and she says, I was intrigued by your knit local section in the podcast and started to wonder what I could contribute. The thing is that the US seems to be a big monolith, but man, this country is so darn big that to knit US is not necessarily to knit local. I ran the fleece show at the Southeastern Animal Fibre Festival for five or six years until I had to stop due to illness. During that time, we had fleeces from the southeastern states based outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Most of our fleeces came from pretty close by, although there were some from further away. 
We have a wonderful Shetland breeder just south of Asheville who breeds for colour and softness. Her fleeces are highly prized and her lambs as well for breeding stock. We have a large flock of Cotswolds just outside of town, but she never sells her fleeces. She makes felt sculptures and is very well known for her Santas. She uses up all the fibre she produces from her business. There are large flocks of border lesters around here, also Icelandics and Corydales. There is a Romney breeder who does a great job. Big, soft, fluffy fleeces with lovely long locks. Another breeder is changing the definition of Montedale fleeces. Originally a meat breed, she is breeding for the amazing fleeces that hark back to some of their cheviot roots. I have Gulf Coast natives and I am hardly the only one in, in North Carolina who breeds them. In other words, once you're into the microfarm world, as I was privileged to be through the fleece show, there is an amazing variety. We have a micro mill outside of Asheville called Echo View and we have two or three spinning groups just around Asheville uh, as well as at least one fibre guild. The John C. Campbell Folk School is nearby and the Penland School of Crafts is in Mitchell County where I live. There is an event called Fibre Field Day where people who produce fleeces or yarn can sell directly to the public. There's also a group called Local Cloth that is working to get farmers and producers connected. There is a lot going on and all this just in the western section of one state. I am in fact kind of energising myself just writing about it. It's pretty exciting living here actually and most people in this area have no idea of it's happening nor do they care but I'm pretty happy being a very micro part of a pretty micro movement and I have never been too fond of the mainstream. That is so interesting. Laura Sue, so, so, so interesting to know that, that all that is happening and the fact that there is such an interest in our British breeds as well, Cotswolds and Cheviots and uh, Border Leicesters and of course uh, Corydales, which while not a British breed is, a, is what I like to call one of our long-term lodgers. And Icelandics too is another great fibre, all very different kinds of fibre. So I can imagine that the fibre field day must be an extraordinary uh, for the senses to get to grips with with all those different kind, kinds of fibres. I have to say, I am not very up on uh, American breeds, Laura Sue. I'd love if you could send us a picture of some of your Gulf Coast natives and possibly tell us a little bit about that fibre. That would be really, really fantastic. Uh, you've written so enthusiastically um, about the knit local scene in your, your area. We'd love to know a little bit more about what you do. And so... <laughs> Uh, without even contacting you on on uh, Ravelry, I know I have the rest of the Knit British listeners behind me when I say get back in touch and let us know about what you get up to in, in your micro movement and let us see some of your Gulf Coast natives. Thank you so much, Laura Sue. Thank you so much uh, for letting us know. Um, about knit local where you are and if you're interested in telling me about what's local to you in your area why not get in touch you can email me louise at knitbritish.net you can leave a message on the show notes at www.knitbritish.net forward slash ep hyphen 29 you can leave a message like Laura Sue did in the Ravelry group uh, under uh, the episode 29 post or 
You can even find the Knit British podcast on Skype, in the Skype directory, and leave me a, a short voice message uh, that, I'll put, that I can play out on the podcast. Nobody's been brave enough to do it yet, although I have had some phone calls and some hang-ups, so <laughs> they were legitimate uh, listeners because I recognise the names. So do leave me a message. Don't be shy. Uh, you can leave, me, leave a short message, tell us your Ravelry name if you don't want to use your real name, and, and yeah, I might put it out on the show. Cause I'm happy Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof Because I'm happy Clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth Because I'm happy Now I um, have a few few more say hellos from the Knit British Ravelry group And the last time I did this, um, I recorded it I said the hellos and said hello to the new kids. And by the time the episode went out, there was there was quite a few new hellos and a few new new kids. So that's always bound to happen. So I do apologise. <laughs> do apologise for that. Now, let's have a look in the say hello thread. You can find this thread in the Net British Ravelry group. Do join. I know there are a few of you who are bored lurkers, but do say hello. We don't bite. Promise. <laughs> So, Lara Thor 80 Hello, I should introduce myself here. My name is Lara and I live in Akuyeri, Iceland. That's all the way up on the northern coast. I found this group and the podcast through some of my Instagram friends like Ella Gordon and Don Smith. When I saw that there was going to be a hop-along, I couldn't resist. I wanted to knit one for quite some time. I've always been interested in the link between Britain and Iceland and I think this group might help uh, with my discovery of patterns and methods that we share or that are similar. There isn't a lot of wool from Britain being sold out here, although a new web shop did just open near Reykjavik that carries John Arben, Eden Cottage and Toft, so I will hopefully venture into that fibre very soon. That's really exciting. Love that. Uh, Hello to you, Lara. It's lovely to have you joining. Pudentain says, hello, I'm Louisa from Dover, New Hampshire, USA. I've been knitting on and off, mostly off, since I was a teenager. I came back to it a few years ago and, and got hooked on knitting socks, but I've since branched out. I've been collecting different yarns from US sources, and then I bought a drop spindle at a sheep and wool festival. Within a few months, I bought a wheel and taught myself to spin with the help of a local spinning group I can occasionally participate in. I also became curious about British yarns and ordered some blacker yarns and found them wonderful. I've recently become enamoured by Jimison and Smith. Woohoo! And currently spinning six natural colours of Shetland from them for a hap. I've developed a definite passion for British yarns as a result of my experience with Blacker and Jimison and Smith products. I'm not sure I'll be able to participate in Hap Long as I work long hours and may not have the yarn spun in time to knit a Hap by July 12th, but I'm delighted to be a member of the group and enjoy the posts. Oh, thank you so much, Louisa. Soup Dragon says, Hello, I'm from Edinburgh and I've only recently started listening to the podcast. Decided to join the Haplong rather late. Have some Ginger Twist yarn that I bought at last year's Indiebury Yarn Crawl. Contrasts not yet considered, but we'll have fun with that. I'm not sure I'll finish on time. Too much multi-projecting. I've been knitting for years, a lot when my children were small, both traditional and modern things, including a lace shawl. Then for a long time I did Kim Hargreaves' cardigans in brown yarns and little else. Have branched out now... Uh, once I realised the wonderful range of designers and yarns available and the fantastic independent yarn shops on my doorstep. That's Claire. Thank you so much for getting in touch, Claire. 
Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm from Sweden. At the moment, I'm studying to become a nurse. I've just printed a hat pattern and tomorrow I will go to my local yarn shop to get some yarn so I can join in the hat cow. That's lovely. Hi to you, Sarah, and thanks for joining in the HAPCAL. PJMCK, hello to you, Paula. She says, I've been listening for a while and just getting round to saying hello here. I'm Paula, a knitter and stitcher in the west of Scotland. Uh, Hooped Fang says, Hi, I'm Stacey. I've been silently listening to the Knit British podcast for a while, but haven't been brave enough to say hello before now. My joy at wanting to be able to participate in the HAPALONG seems to have overcome my fear of commenting on online forums. I think this podcast is amazing. You rock. I really enjoy the idea of knitting British even though I don't live in the UK but since I'm from Canada I feel a bit of loyalty in that direction oh thank you so much Stacey that's really good to hear from you and thank you so much for the rocking comment (laughs) Fancy Princess says Hi everyone, I've only recently found Knit British, but I was just in time for the Hapalong and my yarn arrived yesterday. Love, love, love the podcast. I discovered audiobooks to listen to while I knit, but then thought maybe listening to knitting podcast while I was knitting would also be awesome. Love the connections to knitters from all over and discovering all the different things that knitting brings everyone. I'm eager to research local sheep breeds and see how I can support my local Tennessee yarn makers. Now to cast on. And Jane Mock says, hello, I'm enjoying this online community that you've all been building. I'm born and educated in the UK, but emigrated to the US way back in the last century. I kept my English accent, even though I became a US citizen a few years ago. I now live in a far northwest corner of the US near Seattle in in the state of Washington. I love the fact that you're celebrating British wool and British knitting patterns. Even though I'm not knitting with much British wool for the hap-along, I'm having a lovely time with it all. Cheers to everyone and particularly to you, Louise. By the way, I thoroughly enjoyed your recent podcast and plan to listen to more. I might have to pinch your pity Scottish accent. <laughs> Eden, who is Dorothea from Denmark. I've just started listening to the podcast today, beginning with the EYF Unwinding episodes. So great to relive the happy days in Edinburgh. Thank you, Louise, for organising the podcast lounge and the yarn tasting. Yum! And we also have some new kids in the Knit British group. We've got Bayo, who is Sherry from Skokie, Illinois. We've got the Careless Cat, who is Kelly from Colorado. Hi, Kelly. We've got Janet Needles. That's Janet from North Shields in the UK. Ruth Crafts. And that's uh, Ruth from Great Malvern in England. Hello, Ruth. Nice to to see you in the Knit British Ravelry group. Sticks and Spokes. That's Alison from the Isle of Mull. Hello to you, Alison. And Green Sleeves from the Highlands of the United Kingdom. Fantastic um, to have you all join in uh, at the Knit British group. The Knit British group has now 887 members, which is cracking. <laughs> uh, hello to each and every one of you 887 members of the Knit British Ravelry group. And that is all that we've got time for this episode. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you for all your participation in the Knit British Ravelry group and all your tweets and comments on Instagram and emails and Ravelry messages. You're all fantastic, stunning individuals. And (laughs) thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week, as promised. I, I do promise with that interview with... Gary Jimison and Lizzie Ratter from Jimison's of Shetland. Until then, you can find all the links in the show notes at www.knitbritish.net. You can also listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Player FM, as well as knitbritish.net.
Don't forget about the Hapalong Hangout on Sunday if uh, you're taking part in the Cal. Take good care and chat to you soon. Bye. Happiness is to you Because I'm happy Clap along if you feel like That's what you want to do Bring me down Can't nothing Bring me down My level's too high To bring me down Can't nothing Bring me down Because I'm happy Clap along if you feel like We're wrong without a roof Because I'm happy Clap along